Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. It's been an interesting year. Anyone agree with me? Yes. Added to the year before. And still another variant comes around. Uh, and so I think it, it's naturally that time of year when we start to look to next year and we start to ask ourselves questions about how this year has been. How have we done? Have we done well? What do we want to do different? How do we want to start 2021, 2022? So we can start like we mean to finish. Oh, but I wonder what coronavirus is going to mean. Uh, these are the questions that we're facing. Amen. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm feeling weary, if I'm honest. And I think uh, my, my goal today is for us to be able to walk away from here and manage our energy, amen, in a way that's going to help us run for the long haul, yes? Because we don't want to burn out. So I'm talking about rest today, and I'm so thankful for your last song, Deborah, and I, and I take that as a, an affirmation from the Lord that I've somehow managed to hear well. Uh, and uh, I'm talking about the five R's of rest uh, so that we can keep serving the Lord and keep making an impact for Him. Um, I've been thinking a lot about rest, thinking about why it's important, thinking about what the benefits of rest are, what happens when we neglect to rest? Amen? Because we somehow are a generation that thinks, well, I'm all right right now. And so we keep going until something breaks. Amen? And I think the goal is for us to be proactive. Uh, and that means that sometimes we have to say no to things. And some of us find that quite easy. And those of us who don't find it easy to say no are bewildered by the ease with which people say no sometimes. Um, not only are we trying to do our jobs with all the challenges that, that, that they face so we can pay our bills, amen, the bills don't go away, that we're also trying to be great parents, amen, we're trying to have great families, with all the challenges that happen in our marriages and in our families, uh, with our busy jobs, amen? And uh, we're trying to be great friends as well. Let's add that into the mix. When our, when our friends are struggling, we're trying to help them even though we're struggling. And uh, we're also trying to be faithful to Jesus, amen? With our spiritual family, and, and you can see how we're trying to serve him in the context of today. And it's not an easy environment to try and advance the kingdom. It's a challenging environment for us to be human beings with a husband or a wife, with children, with demanding jobs and friends who are struggling and churches that are wanting to push forward for Jesus and spread the hope that we have, there's a lot. Amen? And it takes its toll. And uh, it's important that we manage ourselves. And so as I was saying earlier on, the goal today is to look at how we can do that a little bit better. And it means that we must be honest with ourselves. Amen? 
and that means that we shouldn't try and always be what every, we think everybody wants us to be. Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus, this is his mouth speaking, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I forgot to say that with all of those challenges that we face, COVID is messing with every one of them. Amen? Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you... Everyone say the word rest. Well done. Thank you. He goes on in verse 29 to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So obviously he feels like he's got something to contribute. Amen? For I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Everybody say souls. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So let's talk about the five R's of rest, shall we? How do we practically do the rest thing? All right. Number one, if you're making notes, retreat. Retreat. Say that again. Retreat. Rest. Let's talk about rest. We'll talk about what that word means because you will see that it means we have to retreat at times. Uh, two Greek words that make up this Greek word. The first is ana, and that means in the midst. A phrase that we use today is in the thick of it. Amen? We're in the thick of it every day. Yes? When our eyes open, our minds start spinning. What have we got on to do today? What's happening at work? What have I got to do for the kids to get them ready for school? Uh, what's doing this evening? Are there meetings? Or what's happening? Amen? In the midst. The second word is pauo, which means to desist or to make cease. So when you read the word rest there in your Bible, it means to stop being in the thick of it is basically what it says. You will find rest. If you're going to rest, you're going to have to retreat. You're going to have to come out of the context, whatever that context may be, all right, to rest. Because you can't rest in the thick of it. Amen? I'm speaking to somebody here today because somehow they're thinking that magically they're going to stop feeling weary. But it's not going to happen. We have to retreat. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to this. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Why do you think that he needed to do that? Because when you're in the thick of it, it's loud, it's intense, it's tiring. It's draining, and you need a break. Amen? Amen. That's why we work till five o'clock, typically, so that when we go home in an evening, we can what? Hmm. 
That's the idea, <laughs> amen? That's why we have a thing called the weak end, amen? Why? So that we can rest. Okay. Am I speaking to anybody yet? Why do we have something called the Sabbath? So we can rest. So basically, we don't work 24 hours a day because we have to do something called sleeping. Why do you think we need to sleep? Because our body needs to recover. Sabbath, a day a week, is so that we can rest. Amen? We have to retreat. And please, if it was important to Jesus, can we just be a little bit down to earth and agree that yes, he was God, but he lived in a human body. And we have limits. Amen? And we have to police our own limits. That's difficult. Amen. Ooh. Jesus took himself out from the demands of his busy routines to quiet places, uninhabited places, places where nobody else was. He took himself to those places. It was, if you will, not surrender, but a tactical retreat. Amen. Because he realized it's time just, it's all important, it's all good, but I need to look after me too, so that I can fight another day. Amen? We all need stillness. Unfortunately, and I see it with our children, they don't know how to do nothing. And it's good that our mind is not continually stimulated by something. We need to just be still. It's in quietness and trust, amen, that our souls are restored. So I'll leave that there, retreat. That's my, f my first R today. The second one is the word recover. Say recover with me. Recover. Mark 6, 31 to 33. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Does that sound familiar to you? He said to them, Jesus speaking again, talking to his disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And the rest that Jesus was talking about there was a short period, like an evening. We've done no work for the day. It's time to go home and recover. Tomorrow's another day. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And Jesus is amazing. He has compassion on them and he ministers to them. And what's the point I'm trying to make? People don't respect your boundaries. You need to learn to shut yourself away. And this is probably something that maybe I would have struggled with and be happy to say no. Not now, okay? Because if we keep saying yes, we're gonna break, amen? People won't respect your boundaries. They will always want you to give as much as you can. They'll let you make the decision. 
You need to make the decision. Amen? So, when I say recover, in this context, I would put it down to muscle rest. You know, if you've worked physically hard all day, you come home and your body's tired, but your mind is not. You know what I mean? You still feel kind of energized mentally, but your body is shot. So you, you have something to eat. Can we all eat properly, please? Okay? You have a good night's sleep. It is a right that you have to be able to sleep. Amen? It, you can't function without sleep. You can't function without food. These are basics that we easily put aside because of the busyness of life. Do something that you enjoy. This is another R, but it's not really an R in the context of what I'm talking about. Recreation. It's okay to do something that you enjoy that energizes you. Amen? Turn off your phone, your work phone. Turn off your email or don't open your laptop. I always believe that we are the victims of the choices that we make. And you cannot say, I don't have a choice. It's not true. Sometimes we have to make some very difficult decisions. Amen? It's important to recover. It's important to have those times regularly when we rest so that we come back strong. So that we can be strengthened. Amen? To fight another day. So that's recover. Retreat. Recover. My third R is refresh. And this is what I call soul rest. This is when you, you don't just feel tired in your muscles, you just feel tired. Always. You're not as joyful as you used to be. You just don't have that spark inside. And this is when you need to sit up and pay attention. Okay. Because physical is one, but when your heart and soul become so drained that you're losing the joy, you need to act. Amen? Your soul is the seat of your feelings, your desires, and your affections. And the way that you find your spark again is through time with the Lord. Amen? He's the one who drives your joy and your purpose we're not talking about being happy all the time we're talking about having a joy in spite of what's going on in the world what's going on in our lives being able to cultivate somewhat of a habit in our lives so that we can go away be quiet with the Lord and let Holy Spirit come and strengthen our souls have you ever been in that place where you just feel enough? I'm sure you do, and you just don't really want to put your hand up because it's an admission that you're a human being and that you, you can't do everything. You weren't made to do everything. You will only be able to do everything when you get your new body, when you don't need to sleep. <laughs> And you don't need to eat when you'll just be alive and you won't get old, you won't get tired, you'll never be weary. Okay, unfortunately in this life we have limitations.
And so it's important that we recover physically, but that we refresh spiritually. Learning from Jesus, letting his word re-energize us. Because you know, his word is not ink on paper, it's life. You can read a sentence from his word and it will change your persona. It will energize you. Amen? But you have to combine that too with physical retreat and rest, eating and sleeping and recovering. So that's the third one. Refresh. Everyone say that again. Refresh. Refresh. My soul, Lord. That's what we want. Refreshing in my soul. So that even though my day is demanding, I look forward to it. I feel that energy inside of me motivating me. Number four. This is our fourth one. This is the word recalibrate. Everyone say recalibrate. There are times, and this is often where year end and the new year begins, when we take stock. Amen? What are the things that you need to stop doing? What are the things that you need to start doing? What are the things that you need to carry on doing? Amen? Some things you just need to stop. Sometimes you have to put something down to pick a new thing up. How many of you have met an overachiever before? They just don't want to not do anything. They want to be able to do everything. And you can't. Sorry. Some of us have greater ability to take on more than others. But we must not compare ourselves one amongst each other. Amen? Because you are different. You are you. You are uniquely energized and gifted to everybody else. I remember when I, I first... We were at Bible college and uh, we were, we would, I forget what the course was called, but we were studying and reading through a book called God's Generals. And I just remember thinking, these guys are amazing. I've got to be like one of them one day for Jesus. And I, and I, and I realized one day that I'm not. And I was really like disappointed that I couldn't be a world-changing, forefront, you know, Billy Graham kind of a character. I just thought, Jesus can do that with me. And I, and I realized, maybe that's not what he wants for me. You know, and sometimes I think as Christians, it's good to be ambitious in Jesus, but we need to have his ambition for our lives as opposed to what someone is hyping up. Sometimes we can be so go-ahead as believers, and we should be, because we walk by faith and we're trusting God, but we don't all have the same core, we don't all have the same energy, we don't all have the same gifts, we're not all in the same context, we don't all have, you know? Anyways, we have to recalibrate. There's, um, Heidi and I were talking recently um, uh, about giant sequoia trees. Have you heard of those before? They grow, they're like the biggest, tallest trees. They grow like 10 meters around and uh, they live for thousands of years. And um, they see stuff. And uh, you can often see what they experience by looking. So for argument's sake, you don't cut a sequoia down, but if one falls over, you could cut through its trunk. Have you ever looked at the rings the growth rings on a tree, you can tell a lot. 
about that tree's experience. It's like a record of history even. And uh, if you were to know, you could trace back the rings and compare it to happenings in the world and you can see it reflects in the rings of the tree. My point is this, most trees have rings because there's a distinct kind of summer growth and then a distinct winter growth. Does that make sense? If you've done biology at school, you'll understand what I'm saying is true. In summer, they grow quickly and there's like a wide ring. And then in winter, the environment around them changes and the ring is smaller. Amen? If you go and you look at most of the trees at the moment, they're ugly, aren't they? They've dropped their leaves all over the road, skidding in them, we're slipping in them. Uh, they're a pain in the butt because someone's got to clean them up. But the point is, the tree responds to the environment that it's in. And so in the summer, when the sun is shining and it's warm, the sap flows through the tree and the tree starts to push out buds and leaves and it flourishes and it looks amazing. But what happens? Not all the trees do this, but at winter time, it cools down, the sun pushes off, the rain comes forever, it gets cold, and the tree responds to its environment. Amen? What does it do? The, step, the sap stops um, flowing. What does it do? It drops its leaves. The, the tree responds because it cannot maintain the same momentum in winter. Amen? Can you see where I'm going with this? There are seasons in our lives, we're talking about recalibrating, where we have to pull back. We have to put things down because we're in a time when we're managing our resources. Amen? If you look at the rings of a sequoia tree, you can see that there are years where the rings are very narrow, where there was a drought. Physically, the environment meant that the tree had to recalibrate. You can see there are typically a giant sequoia has very thick bark, so it's really fire resistant and fungal resistant. But in times when there's been a drought and severe fires have come through, you can even tell in the rings that there's fire damage and, the, and that has impacted on the growth of the tree. My point is, there's nothing wrong. It's not unspiritual to respond to our environment in a way where we manage our resources because Christians are really good at, we can do everything we want, but we can't. We might want to. So I just felt important to say that we need to recalibrate. And I'm hoping that doesn't mean that next week we don't have any serving teams because everyone's decided I'm too busy. Is there something that you need to put down? What do you need to just carry on with? What thing do you need to pick up? What thing do you need to start? Maybe you've been one of those and you're coming out of a season and you feel like I've got more to give now. Maybe you need to put something down in order to start a new thing. Let's ask Jesus what he wants us to do. The fifth R, fortunately, there's not a lot really to say on this one, is return. We retreat in order to recover and refresh and recalibrate so that we can return. We're not trying to run away. You know what? Our bills will still keep coming. Still got to work. The gospel still needs to be advanced. Amen. Our families are still going to be there. Our friends are still going to be there. The point is to not run away and hide. The point is to recover, refresh, 
recalibrate so that we can come back stronger. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.